With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Stick to Football, live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana, we have a fun show for you. Sean McDermott uh, just actually literally drops by the show. We had no intention of interviewing this man, but uh, thanks to our connections with uh, the Bills from the Senior Bowl, when we had General Manager Brandon Bean on, we, we landed Sean McDermott today. We also have Mike Vrabel, so we're getting two of the best coaches in the NFL, in the AFC, two guys that had nice long playoff runs, both head coaches stopping by, stick to football. Mello and Connor are off today. You were stuck with just me, live from Radio Row, and like I told you, the Super Bowl, when this happens, I just talk to our audio guy, Matt. We just sit here and have a conversation, and that's the podcast, but it is, uh, it's going to be fun. There's already, we're about 24 hours in to the scouting combine in in Indiana. And already there's so many things happening, so much news and notes. And I'm sure as we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, a lot's going to happen by the time you guys hear this. So let's just dive right in. Joe Burrow is kind of the star of the show here. He's the player that everybody's talking about. In the month, it feels like leading up to this event, there was all the conversation about does Joe Burrow want to be a Cincinnati Bengal? Is he going to play for the Bengals if they draft him? And I think we've said on previous shows, we're going to wait and see because we know that he's going to talk about this in Indy because you you can't avoid it. He's going to be asked about this pretty much immediately upon stepping to the podium. And he did that Tuesday morning. Um, he said that he'll play for the Bengals. He's a ball player. He wants to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, he will not throw here. He will not work out here, which is something that we're seeing a lot of the top players do. So uh, don't read too far into that, that he's not working out here. This is a guy who has nothing to prove. Uh, he did not go to the Senior Bowl. He's not going to throw here. The LSU Pro Day is going to be a big one. And it's something Burrow said during his uh, media availability, something I've heard a lot of LSU players tell me is that this season went on pretty late. They played their last game January 13th. This is a long season. That's two weeks longer than Alabama played. So they needed that recovery time, that rest time, not even to mention the training time. So we're not going to see Grant Delpit. We're not going to see Caleb Von Chason. We're not going to see Joe Burrow work out. So a lot of the top LSU guys not going to be getting it done here. We'll see if Christian Fulton decides to go. Patrick Queen uh, did tell me that he will go here. So at least one player from LSU uh, of the 16 who are here does intend to work out. So we'll see that. As far as the hand size goes with Joe Burrow, I know there's a lot of conversation about a guy, nine-inch hands. How much does that actually matter to us? And I thought Patrick Mahomes said it well when he said, you know, my nine-and-a-quarter-inch hands are doing just fine. And my the way I evaluate hand size is it doesn't matter until it does. And what I mean by that, it matters if we're looking at a guy, uh, you know, like Daniel Jones who has fumbling issues, if Marcus Mariota who has fumbling issues. If we're looking at guys, you know, there was a lot of conversation about Jared Goff back in the day. Can he throw in, in wet weather? And that's when you start to look at hand size and say, okay, maybe it matters a little bit when it comes to, to that. But for the most part, it doesn't. Hand size doesn't equate to a stronger arm. It doesn't equate to better accuracy. It's usually more about grip and how well you handle the ball, again, in wet conditions. Burrow, 
I did see LSU put out the stat. He was eight and two, eight, eight excuse me, eight touchdowns, two interception ratio in the rain. So I think they feel pretty good about his ability to spin it in the rain. This kid who's from Ohio, he's probably played in some cold weather. He's probably played in some rain, played in some snow, dating back to high school, even if he didn't this past year at LSU. So Joe Burrow not doing a lot here. He'll do the medicals. He'll do the interviews. And that's what's most important. And and I think this is where the relationship between he and the Cincinnati Bengals will really start. Uh, He said there hasn't been a lot of conversation. That's going to change. I think that conversation is going to start to heat up this week. That relationship is going to start to be built this week. Now, the other quarterback that we're going to be talking a lot about, Tua Tungavailoa, obviously coming off the hip injury, is not working out here. He's here to do the medical which is super important to his draft stock, and he's here to do the interviews. Tua did say that he will be cleared on March 9th, which is not far from now. About two weeks from now, he's going to be cleared, and that he will work out at the Alabama Pro Day on April 9th, which is a really a huge surprise to all of us. I don't think anyone expected, even best-case scenario for Tua, that he would be able to do a full workout at the Alabama Pro Day on April 9th. So all the questions about... And we've all hedged if two is healthy. It's something we've probably said 200 times on this podcast. Sounds like he's going to be. And so now the question will be, Team doctors have to decide how long he'll be healthy if they feel like this is something where, you know, these were these were fluke injuries, the hip, the ankles, fluke injuries. He's had time to rest. He's had surgery. He's going to be better. He's going to be fine. Or do they come back and say, "Ah, you know, we're worried about the risk of future injury, a potential injury down the road. But right now, based on what we know, you know, Tuesday afternoon at the Combine, everything looks good for Tua as far as still being a top five pick. Whether that's the Lions draft him, the Lions trade out, the Giants trade out, the Dolphins trade up, maybe the Dolphins just take him. Still got to feel pretty good about the fact that the two is going to be a top five pick. Another quarterback that's, uh, at least there's some buzz surrounding him, and that's Jacob Eason, the quarterback from Washington. Uh, he will do everything here, all the workouts. He's going to throw, he's going to run, he's going to do it all. And one director of player personnel told me Monday night, they believe Jacob Eason goes top 15. He said, when, uh, when we get out on the field and they start throwing, no one's going to throw the ball better than Jacob Eason. And I think the question is, you had a guy who at Washington, uh, I think it's very fair to say, struggled at times against good competition. There have always been rumors about, you know, like coachability dating back to Georgia. He's going to have to answer some of those questions this week. Yes, I, th- I think he's going to look good throwing against air. And Lucas Oilfield, he's got a strong arm. He's a big kid. He is going to look good throwing. But there are questions about Jacob Eason that he's going to have to ace in the interview. Every team gets 45 interviews uh, with players. Jacob Eason's are going to be really important. That 15-minute speed dating that he does with NFL teams is going to be super important. And one team that, that maybe he could be connected to would be the Carolina Panthers. And Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, said Tuesday morning that their plan right now, which he did say things could change, is to move forward Cam Newton as a starting quarterback. He's under contract, 2020, about $19.1 million. If they believe he's healthy, he's better than any option out there, at least for, for the short term. Any option you could get at number seven overall, any option you could pick up in free agency. I mean, if he's healthy, he's better than Teddy Bridgewater. He's better than a you know 38-year-old Phillip Rivers. So it sounds like, and something that I think you've seen in a lot of our mock drafts, at least in the last month, is you look at D-line for Carolina. Derek Brown makes a lot of sense here. Javon Kinlaw makes a lot of sense. They drafted Brian Burns the first last year. They had Greg Little, who they like on the offensive line, to maybe shore that position up. So interior D-line makes a lot of sense for Carolina. Now, one area they have been mentioned to go offensive tackle. Uh, Again, the news and notes are flying all over the place here. But when we look at the, the offensive tackles, there's five that are pretty safe bets to go the first round. All five, and maybe this doesn't matter to you guys, 
but all five aced the measurables. All five, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Mackay Becton, and Josh Jones, all over 34-inch arm length. 33 is usually the threshold, so all over 34, with Mackay Becton just being unnaturally large, six foot seven, and 364 pounds with like 36-inch arms. There's very many people on planet Earth who are that big and move as well as he does. So if you were looking at the offensive tackles, and we've said before, like, ah, there's rumors these guys might have to play guard. I think those rumors are going to die after this week because even Andrew Thomas, we're seeing great arm length. And, and these guys all came in, and, you know, 6'4 plus, over 34-inch arm length. That's what you want. That's where we need these guys to be. Now, a couple other players who are not participating. Uh, Javon Kinlaw won't be doing workouts here. Brian Edwards from South Carolina, who missed the Senior Bowl with a hamstring, is out with a broken foot. Ashton Davis is not running. Tyler Johnson is only doing position drills. He will not do any agility work here. No 40, no three cone, no jumps. Jalen Johnson, one player who is working out, and this speaks to his toughness. He's going to have shoulder surgery after the combine, but he's going to go ahead and work out. So if you needed a reason more to love Jalen Johnson, the corner out of Utah, there's a good one for you. Josh Uche from Michigan, a player we all really like. He's going to be out with a hamstring. So there's a lot of players out. And one thing I've I've tweeted about it, I've talked about it on this show, is that the new schedule is not helping because it might, like you're sitting at home listening to this, you're driving to work, and you're like, why does this new schedule matter? People fear the unknown. And for the players who, you know, for the last 20 years, these agents and trainers have been prepping guys to run in the morning, to work out in the morning, the, the schedule's flipped now. You're doing everything at night. And that might not seem like a big deal, but to these guys it is. When millions of dollars ride on a tenth of a second, that matters. So agents are being pretty protective of their guys. Uh, Last little bit of NFL news that we have going on here. The New England Patriots, and you might not be surprised to hear this, the New England Patriots are going all out talking to tight ends here. We have heard rumors about potential trades as well around the NFL, whether that's you know if we see a guy like O.J. Howard come available, if we see... You know, any anyone on the tight end market, if we see it come available, expect the Patriots name to be attached. Same with free agency. Hunter Henry, we've heard their name attached to that. Austin Hooper, their name's going to be attached to that. And now when it comes to the draft, the Patriots are being super aggressive at the tight end position, which doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that that offense fell apart this year without Rob Gronkowski, a quarterback for Tom Brady. So no surprise. And uh, if I'm a betting man, I would keep an eye out Cole Komet. And Adam Troutman, the, the tight end from Dayton, as a guy who could be a good fit in this offense. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we have Mike Vrabel, head coach, Tennessee Titans, and Sean McDermott, head coach, Buffalo Bills, here for you on Stick to Football Live from Indianapolis. As promised, we are joined by Mike Vrabel, head coach of Tennessee Titans, which is still kind of weird for me to say. Like, I still think of you as Mike Vrabel, who played for the Patriots, or I'm from KC, Mike Vrabel, yep. who played for the Chiefs, head coach, Tennessee Titans. I would say that... Uh... Try to tell these guys play as long as you can play. It's uh, it's a lot better life, and the off seasons are better, and you you don't worry you don't worry as much as a player like you do when you're a coach. Well, our guy Adam Lefko, they played NFL Family Feud at the Super Bowl, and actually the the highest number of players responded that you were the head coach that looks like they could still play the most. And I've had some coaches come through over the the last couple of months doing interviews, and I mean you see these guys all the time. You got to agree with that, right? As far as yeah, but I mean, that's still, that's like la like la. You that's play. like la la land. You know, what <laughs> I mean, I, I I I watch these guys. I practice with them. I try to coach them. Uh, the speed and the, and the, and the power in which these players now have, uh, you know, puts it all in a perspective. I mean, I'm 44 years old. Like these guys, I mean, just uh, they get better every year. You know, and we see that here at the combine. You know, the athletes get bigger. They get faster. And, and they get more explosive. And you don't want to have to deal with a Derrick Henry. 
at running, but you like you don't really want to scrap yeah, with Derek, Derek anymore. Like I could tack, I could tackle Derek. I, I wouldn't you have still. Any. You can still get him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he hears that because he always he always scoffs at it. But we joke all the time. I mean, you guys are about the same size. Yeah, we are. So. I mean, obviously. It, it's structured a little differently. It's, it's you know, yeah. my weight's formatted a little differently right. than his is. I see that, like, when the weigh numbers start coming across. Like, I'm the same size as that guy. It's just We're just built differently. Yeah, just built differently. Right. Um, how much does he remind you of Eddie George? Because you – did you play against Eddie? Did you guys overlap just a little bit? We did. Yeah, Eddie and I were there um, at Ohio State. And yeah. Eddie, Eddie was a great mentor um, about – you know, Eddie was a backup. Eddie fumbled. He's got a great story. He fumbled – I think twice on the goal line going in, and I think they lost to Illinois. A couple, maybe one of them was returned for a touchdown. He had three fumbles in that game, and he got benched, and he was a backup. And there was a lot of great runners at Ohio State, and he worked. Nobody worked harder um, than Eddie George. I'm going to talk about a warrior in the offseason and training to get his body right, to be durable, to take a pounding, and that carried over to the National Football League. And I knew what it I could watch Eddie George and, and figure out what it was like to work. And I said, well, if, you, if I want to play in the NFL, you know, I better try to um, emulate this guy's uh, work ethic. And so Derek trains like that in the offseason. I, I know he does. I see how he is when he comes in here uh, in April. And so that, that allows them to, to handle the rigors of a, a very uh, strenuous uh, season. I know that you probably don't want me to ask this, but I have to, or people will yell at me. You have a lot of free agents that you guys are trying to figure out. I know that's more John's side of things, but yeah. how do you look at that with you got Ryan, you got Derek, you got Jack, right. just on it, offense? It's a part of the, the business of football. You know, obviously everybody um, with expiring contracts, there has to be decisions that are made by by not only the team, but also the player. You know, the player has to want to be back. Uh, the team has to... To, to make an, an effort um, to, to bring them back and to think that all those guys will be back um, that's just not going to happen there'll be there'll be players hopefully that we can get back and there'll be ones that that will go on and transition onto other teams having the experience of going through that as a player you know even when you left New England or when you signed with New England right does that help you with recruiting these guys or even just under you know, like you can empathize with what they're going through well you know I think that that's free agency is the uh, the cornerstone of the of the players association I mean that's really what um, they 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 fought so hard for was the ability to uh, to, to go work for other places. Now, having said that, I had an opportunity to go leave Pittsburgh and go to New England. And then I had other opportunities to, to go into free agency in New England, and I didn't choose to do that. I chose yeah. to, to stay there and, and understand what it was, I was where I was going to work and where I was going to live and where my kids were going to be. So um, every situation is different. Um, and, and so we're going to try to, you know, attack this offseason the same way we do, um, you know, during the season. You know, try to make decisions that are in the best interest of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so how involved do you get in the scouting process? I remember talking to Noah Spence, who you recruited mm-hmm. at Ohio State, and he told this great story about how when you guys recruited him, you were like, let's stop talking. Let's just It let's was just the best. See. It was the best. So you still we, doing that? Are you still, like, going no, through No, I mean, one-on-one? a little bit. You know, I mean, a little bit. Like, with Noah, uh, we were in um, – Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and his mom Helen, uh, she was making dinner. And Greg, was, his dad, is they're great people. And um, Greg's a, a former player, big dude, 
and he wanted to know how I was going to help Noah, you know, develop. And I said, well, I can show you. And we moved all the furniture out of the living room and we start going at it and we were doing drills and Helen's like, what the heck is going on out there? And Greg's like, just tell us when dinner will be ready. And so so we're doing individual drills in the family room. I mean, some, you know, some of these guys, like I'll be like, you know, try to jack them and see if they react how how quick their hands are these receivers talk about what are you going to do against press oh I'm going to do this this and this and then you try to pop them in the chest and see what they do and some of them just stand there and look at you and I'm like well that's what they're going to do in the game so you know we try to have fun with them so did you and Jeffrey Simmons mix it up at all last year before the draft um you know, Jeff was was in a rehab phase, right, so we yeah. certainly spent a lot of time with Jeff. But but he wasn't able to work out, and in his return to play, I uh, spent a lot of time with Jeff. And um, you know, you'll have to ask him about him if you ever have him on a show. I got a couple good videos on my phone of, of me and Jeff. <laughs> I might have shown the team. Right, right. Uh, the other thing that we were asked to ask you by our listeners, obviously, you made the the comment about you know body parts that sure. you would get rid of to win sure. a Super Bowl. You guys got really fucking close. Uh, <laughs> Were you yeah. sweating it? <laughs> um, no. No. It was, you know, when your players, uh, you know, we have two players, Will, Will Compton and, and Taylor Lewan, they started a podcast, yeah. and it was really cool. They had to get this old bus, and they decked it out, and, you know, it was like an old tailgate bus, and, and I, you know, I wanted to go on there in the summer. They asked me to come on, and, you know, I wanted to have fun with them. I didn't want to be, you know, just the the prickly old head coach and um you know they were firing questions at me and i was doing my best to answer them and try to make it entertaining and uh it, it kind of took on a life of its own what'd your wife say i think she was all for it <laughs> so when you guys go to kansas city I, I mean i was there it's freezing cold yeah and you guys jump out to that lead you know she's thinking it like man I'm never going to hear the end of this if they win this know. game. Yeah, it was it was good. It, it made for some interesting conversations on social right. media. But you're good at that. It's the the mustache, the the homemade vest that you were rocking at one point. Is that hard for you going from being you know you were a pretty quiet player it seemed like, um, and now you know as a head coach like anything you say or do is there's a spotlight on it. Um, yeah, it probably is. You know, I gotta you know I I probably should be better, but I try to you know live my life and. You know, go to the Preds game and have a good time, and you know, hang out. Um, but you're the. But I try to be real. I try to be. Well, yeah, but that's you know that's my personality, yeah. and you know I want our players to have their own personality. But at the end of the day, you know I want it to be about the team, and I and I have to try to, you know, emulate that and um, and, and make sure that everybody's putting the team first. But but obviously I want them to be their own person and and, and have a personality. How much work have you done on this draft class? You guys are picking a lot later. You know, and we've seen that, you know, each year it seems like you guys, you're better, you're drafting later. There's a lot of challenges that go with that. How much, how involved will you be? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that John's included me in this process. I don't think that um, he'll ever want to pick a player or add players that, that I or our coaching staff don't want. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, somebody's got to have a, have a, make a decision. Um, but we meet a lot. We watch a lot of tape. We like I like watching them back to back. I like watching players back to back to really give a a good um, you know evaluation. And you can kind of see when you watch them back to back that hey maybe this player's better, and we'll put him a little uh, ahead of this other guy. But this other guy's still okay. But it's clear that this one's better, and you kind of kind of rank them like that. And it's been good for us to watch them back to back, and then come here and meet with them. I'll be in Nashville in a couple of weeks. We're doing an event. 
Is there anywhere in Nashville I need to hit that I probably don't know about? Well, I mean, I mean there's I'm like, sure like the hot chicken. I mean, that's really good. You got to go try the hot Hattie B's or whatever the famous one is. Yeah. It'll burn your mouth off. And then, you know, you know, I think you got to do a pedal tavern. You know, they got these pedal taverns. I've People seen go them, around yeah. there. Yeah. Go catch you a bachelorette party. <laughs> slip in on that. Um, you know, you can go watch the uh, the Nashville Sounds. We got a baseball team there. There's a there's a bar in the right field. I think it's called the Bandbox. There we go. Yeah, the, the Preds aren't in town, which is I was very depressed about because I, I, I that's all my bucket list to see a Preds game because I haven't done it yet. They're fun. They're so. fun and they're fighting. There we'll see what they're made of. Yeah. They uh, they put themselves in a similar situation um, as we did. Uh, they didn't start the season off how they wanted to. Uh, they they moved on from the coach. They've hired uh, a great head coach here, Coach Hines, and um, we'll we'll see what they're made of. They're they're fighting for the playoffs. They didn't make any moves, really. I mean, at the deadline, was, I'm a little bit of a hockey guy, just enough to know that you you they would didn't be do a bigger it. hockey guy than I would be. Know that they didn't trade for anybody. All right. Well, I just so they asked me to come talk to the team the other day, and uh, so I I, I watched uh, the, the 20th anniversary of the you know whatever it was this 20th or 30th anniversary or 40th anniversary 1980 stretch yeah 40 good so I figured <laughs> I'd get to it sooner or later and so I watched the Herb Brooks speech on from the movie Miracle yeah. and I was like joking with my wife that I'm gonna go <laughs> in and say this whole man yeah right. <laughs> great opportunity or great moments are born from great opportunity and then I'm like no I'm just kidding she's like oh my god I thought you were seriously going to go in and say that speech that to the predators amazing. I wonder how many would have got it oh god they were I mean that was 40 babies. years ago yeah right? I mean some of these guys they look like they're 18 like but none of them had, they all looked at me and smiled and none of them had a full set of teeth not, yeah not happening. like that's the job you want to be the implant doctor for the National Hockey League. Right. They, they, they all money. smiled and none of them had front teeth. Did they give you the jersey though? Did you get a I did not get a jersey. I, I got one. a vest. I, they gave me a vest. I got better. a Preds vest that I wore to the game. <laughs> That's even better. Alright. Because the jerseys aren't comfortable. So Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think you get, you get to a certain age that uh, grown men probably shouldn't wear Thank jerseys. You. This is my take. You shouldn't. Like, There's two things that men that don't play professional sports should wear. Jerseys and tights under shorts. I've I've never agreed with you more about anything. So <laughs> like, even like when I take my son to a game, I'm wearing a hoodie. Yeah, like you can wear a jersey. You're six. Absolutely. Like Carter had 95 jerseys, and I loved buying them for him. Moss, Welker, Brady, yeah. Brewski, McGinnis, all every one of them. But when you, you pass a certain age where you can Once you no can longer play sports, <laughs> no jerseys, no tights jersey under exception. shorts. Baseball jerseys, like the, I don't know. I mean, you I'm going to say no. Group. I'm going to say no. We got the dad bod group, and we no tights under shorts, and I would say no baseball jersey. Right? Like you got to just go like vintage. If you're going to the baseball game, it's like vintage tee or something like that, like oh, an yeah. old Astros, you know, Expo shirt, something like that, but no jersey. I have a powder blue Bo Jackson shirt for the Royals, and like that's the t-shirt way or jersey. T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Good. My man card stays intact. <laughs> Mike Grable says so. Thanks for stopping by. We know you're busy. That good was to fun. Yeah. Catch up, man. Absolutely. So, guys, we are at the NFL Scouting Combine here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Bills head coach Sean McDermott, kind enough to drop by. We didn't have you on the schedule, just uh, your guy Yeah, you there. got a lot you of bigger names up. on the schedule, I know. <laughs> no. I was no. just cleaning the carpet behind you here, and I noticed right. it was open, so I just sat down. Yeah, and it's like, looked at your credentials, like, oh, yeah, this guy's a, a head coach, a playoff head coach this year. Congrats on the year. I have to be honest, and I told Brandon Bean this when he was on with this, I, uh, you know, we have to pick who's going to win the East and all that. I thought you guys would be good this year. I had no idea you were going to be as good as you were. What went into the 
I don't want to say turnaround because you were good in 18, but the buildup, it seemed to just continue to climb this year. Yeah, I mean, it all comes back to the people that we have in our building. It's really driven by the culture that the people have uh, have been a big factor in building and uh, in developing. And then it's um, our core group of young players led by Josh Allen. Yeah, and Josh, I mean, continues to have a good year. I think a lot of people are going to focus on the playoff game and forget that Josh is a big part of the reason you got to that game. Is that something you guys feel like internally you can build off of for next year? Well, we do. I think the biggest thing is we've got to understand that you've got to start over. Um, You're not going to just take 10 wins and add a couple to it and hope to be in the playoffs again and make a run at the championship and and so we've got to flush last season the right way and then build in the off season through free agency in the draft mainly through the draft and and Brandon has done a good job of that and will continue to do a good job of that it seems like you and Brandon work really well together at I mean because the players he's drafted have had big impacts right away I mean you mentioned Josh Allen Tremaine Edmonds is one of the best young linebackers in the game Tredavious White is one of the best corners in the game when you look at the roster where do you see that you guys now need to get a little bit better well, just overall, I don't think you can, you know, um, just cover up one spot of our roster and say, well, we've got to check that off. But, but we do have a group of young players, to your point, and we've got some older veteran leaders. But we've got to continue to grow, continue to, to develop and foster that culture and, and add this offseason in, in some critical areas for us. I know you're a defensive guy, and Ed Oliver is one of the, the freakiest players I think a lot of us have ever seen in college football. There were comparisons to Aaron Donald. What did you see from Ed up, up close and personal? Yeah, well, you know, Ed, like many young players, has to had to early on understand understand what it took to to uh, play in this league and, and achieve success. And so, um, you know, he really came into his own in the last half of the season, the quarter of the season, where he saw some of the production jump. And and so, this is an important off season for Ed. He had he had an off season surgery, and um, <clears throat> so that'll be part of that'll impede some progress. But at the end of the day, um, just his growth this off season will will uh, mean a lot to his success this season coming up. Yeah, and I do have to ask, you guys have what I think is a future Hall of Famer, Frank Gore, uh, playing running back. Is Frank an older than you? <laughs> it's got to be close, right? I'm a little bit older than Frank. Not uh, much, but, You know, I just I think uh, what, a, what a cool moment for me as a coach to, to be around a player like Frank. Um, I, you know, I've been around some special players and some special people, and usually those go hand in hand. In this case, no different just in the way that he handled his business, the habits, the day-to-day habits, and what a great example that was to our young football team. Yeah, when you have Devin Singletary in there, who better to learn from exactly. than Frank Gore, who's yeah. done it all now for, for seems like, 20 years. Now, you guys were telling me you were an undefeated high school wrestler, and you got you have that, uh, that look. Hopefully that's a true story, because now you guys are looking at each other like they're just lying to us on the podcast now. But uh, how true is that story? Well, it is no, it is true. I was uh, my last two seasons uh, undefeated, and only taken down one time. I can tell you don't really want to talk about it. No, just like, I really don't. You don't want to brag about yourself right now. <laughs> I really don't. But, so when you scout, when you evaluate players, uh, yeah. which you know you're kind of getting into the the time period of that from the senior bowl to now, does, is that something you look at? Like if guys were wrestlers in high school, you're like, okay, well I know how tough he is, how committed he has to be, yeah. how serious he takes his craft. Does I that, do. Does that help? No, it is something that stands out, and I think our our scouting staff knows that that uh, that's something that I look for, and they can flag that. Um, so so I can easily see that in their background. And um, usually when you find a wrestler, a guy that's wrestled for a long period of time, in this case, that um, they, they've learned some life skills along the way. And and uh, part of that is part of that translates into success on the football field as well. 
Yeah, now, uh, looking at the division, uh, obviously the elephant in the room, Tom Brady's for agent. How happy will you be if Tom goes and plays somewhere else? Because it, it feels like, I mean, the East has been closed for 20 years, and yeah. you guys have made a lot of headway. Uh, you're a team nobody wants to play, but but if Tom gets out of there, it's a little easier path. Well, I've got like. a lot of respect for, for Tom and, and, and the, the success that he's had and achieved there for so many years. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is um, – I'll wait till that day comes, you know, just yeah. because I'll believe it when I see it. He's right. just a, been a staple up there for so long. Yeah, and now obviously you had a, a, a bit of a run in Carolina where there was a lot of success. Coach Rivera now going to Washington. What do you think the, the change is going to be like there with him coming in and, and implementing his culture in Washington? Well, Ron Rivera does a great job. I learned a lot from Ron when we were together in Carolina. And I think the biggest strength, one of Ron's biggest strengths is is leading from outside of his office, meaning he's out in front of his desk. He's not in the, you know, a lot of leaders sit in the behind the desk and and have the door closed and runs out uh, amongst amongst his people. And and he'll do a great job there. I'm confident in Washington. Now, off the field, uh, we do a tailgate tour. We're actually talking to, to Brandon about this, your GM, about, you know, we did come up to Buffalo because no, I'm a Kansas City guy, and, you know, we like to say we're the best tailgaters, but no one tailgates like Bill's Mafia. Yeah. I, I know you're busy on game days, but have you ever got a chance to watch the craziness that happens in your parking lot? Yeah, I, I've gotten out there a couple of times with uh, <laughs> some of our staff, and um, I love being out there. I love being out there um, before games and in, in the RV lots, and we do it like no one else's business in Buffalo, and the Bill's Mafia is out there in full effect usually starting on Wednesdays and Thursdays and leading up to game time and so the really cool piece about it is you'll I'll come across one group of tailgaters and they're from you know some other state you come across another group of tailgaters and they're from just two minutes down the road but yet they want to stay overnight in the tailgate lots and and have fun and enjoy themselves leading up to kickoff it's pretty cool so you guys open I mean you can park your RV on Wednesday this is like college football no one else in the NFL is letting you do that it is I mean it's it's uh it's unique our fan base is unique and the passion that they have and it's it's unlike any place I've ever been and I've been in some pretty passionate uh, fan bases and cities across the NFL and I think it's I think it's unique to the NFL and special. Now I don't want to start any fights, but what's the best wing spot? So if we do make it up, I mean that's what everyone's <laughs> going for. I know you guys have good I can't breweries say, too. I can't say what the best one is because I'll get in trouble. Right. So um, no I just I think it's 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 great that uh, Buffalo has so many things that are their signature, right, in terms of things that they own, and, and the Wings is one of them. And, and uh, the people really are what make it special around Buffalo. It's it's a city unlike any other that I've ever been in again. And um, these people love their bills. They love their hockey. And, and uh, I don't think, again, I don't think there's a fan base around the NFL as much as I love uh, Andy Reid and the Kansas right. City Chiefs. And I'm happy for them um, with all due respect to where you're from. But uh, Buffalo's a special place. How have you adjusted to the cold? I mean, you've been there a couple of years now. Probably starting to get used to it, but you ever itch to like get back, you know, get back south and, and spend your, your your winter somewhere else? You you will not find a better place in America to spend summer, uh, late spring, summer, and early fall than Buffalo, New York. It's a uh, it's a special place, and that's why if you love tailgating and you love the smell of barbecues and on game day. That's why it, it almost turns into a college-type atmosphere around our stadium, and I think it's unique around the NFL. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much for stopping by. Have fun Thank this you. week. Is the new schedule messing with you? Uh, I don't even know bit. when to sleep now. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when, do I, when am I supposed to go to the bar? When am I supposed to yeah, sleep? Yeah, right. I no, we'll figure it out. it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, all right. Well, have a good week. All right. Thank uh, you, guys. Congrats again on a great year. Thanks. Right, my pleasure. Thanks. 